0: today on the home with havila podcast we are continuing our favorite moments from moms and men series with lisa bevere and today we get to listen to a conversation between lisa and havila all about positioning your kids as children of god so tune in because they are sharing practical tips tools on how to speak the word of god over your children and how to position them for greatness We hope this conversation encourages you and lets you know that you can do this.
1: You know, this issue of identity keeps coming up and mothers um, are obviously feeling a lot of burden to position their boys as men and to position Mm -hmm. their boys as men of God. Like how, what can I do to make my children a man of God. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, one of my, my scriptures that I, I absolutely loved was where it talked about in Isaiah, that your children will be disciples taught of the Lord and great will be their peace and undisturbed composure. It was, it wasn't even an option that yeah. there were going to be anything other than I that. So that. I didn't let fear come in. I love didn't that. didn't let fear come in. My children from their little, they were like Samuel. I was like, you are gods. Yeah. You are gods. Yeah. I can't fix you, but I can create environments even with my right choices and wrong choices for you to have a connection with God, but also speaking the word of God over them. Um, When my boys were little, Havilah, I don't I don't know why I created this major putting them to bed <laughs> ordeal, but I would sing over them, yep. read with them, and then I'd line them up and say, you are for signs and wonders and miracles. You are not for death and destruction. Love you that. know, I would say, you know, you are disciples to the Lord, great is your peace. And then, then I'd have them put their armor on them. We did it. I mean, it was just mm. spoken over them. And I was realizing that my children were going to hear one of two things, either God's promises. Yeah or my fears. True. And so a lot of Beautiful. you, we actually hear fear in your questions and I want you to say fear not, fear yeah. not. I mean, I just really want to say that to you. And But uh, in your fear not, don't be negligent, don't be negligent, begin to take yeah. the word of God begin to speak it over yeah. your voice. Yeah. And I'm sure you do something like
2: well, that. Well, I, I think the nighttime is a very important. I think when we close out a day, I think closing out a day is very like in our in our home it's prime real estate. And what I mean by yeah. that is it's getting to look at them and we pray over them. You know, we just pray that you Lord you protect them mentally, physically, emotionally all the days of their life, that they would love and serve you. We ask they'd be a leader in their generation, but more importantly they would know your voice. Mm-hmm. And we just I'm sure as as you we I I was prayed over as a child. All the way from what I from what I remember, all the way you know. Tell I remember I being not. a teenager, and even a high schooler, no. and even in my parents' home as a, yeah. as an adult, saying, "You know, Dad, will you pray over me?" And there was such a peace. It was almost like whatever was unsettled during the day was then settled. And you can affirm the attributes that each of your children have. So, you know, for one of our kids, Lord, I just thank you that He's sensitive. And I pray he'd be sensitive to your voice. Mm -hmm. And we would take what would be a negative during the day and like, wow, you're crazy. Lord, use that zeal Mm -hmm. for your word. And we would just, you and kind of you're almost channeling Mm -hmm. what is the weakness into strength. And and our boys, if we miss prayer, they're like, you didn't pray for me. Like they're not. Call you back? Yeah, that, they cut like, yeah. and we're like, oh, okay. And you can't be like, I'm not praying for you. Mommy's tired. Like you're like, okay, you know. So we go and pray, and that's been really important in our lives. Like prayer, pray, praying over them, and that models something. It models. It models. Something. It models, and it allows you also. I feel like when you pray for something, you get a heart for something. Yeah. And what you kind of lost during the day, because there's a time when you know, there's one kid where I'm like, I love you, but I, I want to smack you. I just want to go to you. sleep. Yeah, or I'm sleep. done with yeah. you. Like, mommy is done. Yeah. And um, you know, I can bring you into the world, not bring you out of the world. You know, like that's how I feel. But that sense of like, you almost reconnect with the heart of God for them and them hearing that. Another thing I think that's important, and I don't know if we can talk to this, but I think it's important. We go, how do I make, how do I get my kid to love God and serve God? Well, you can't. You're not powerful enough, but what you can do is that, is provide environments yeah, that yeah. In, that they encounter God. And you know, one thing that we really value in our home is, first of all, we we value the body of Christ and we value uh, the gathering of, so of you, the brethren. We value the house of God. We value that community God. Like, of faith. Get, like, like yeah. if we if you just tell your kids, well, we value God, but all we do is go to sports on the weekend. Or we watch TV online. That's all we you know, do. Just the online yeah, services. No, you're there's not no, going to get no the community. habit, yeah. right? Of actually going. We value that, and we also value. I value getting them in environments where they are encounter God. So I can't create. I'm not going to pray. Did you hear God? Did you hear God? Did you hear God? Did you say something? I might say, Hey, you know, did you hear anything? But I'm giving them environments where God can speak to them, uh, where they can encounter Him. The a voice or or a message or a worship or something. Yeah. They and this can happen
1: super early for them.
2: Very and early. a lot of mom don't
1: understand that three and four years old, this conversation can happen. I That's I good. remember, um, so, you know, I had the, I only had the two, two boys, yeah. uh, that were, f- uh, fully functioning at that point. I might've had Alec and he might've <laughs> been in the crib or something, but, but I remember, um, Addison would annex all of the toys that were, he's the oldest one. you would be like, Oh, isn't this great? you got this. Now this could be part of our Lego collection, you know? And so we, we, have one of those. we, we, we have had to say, we had to say, yeah, our firstborn did it. So we bought Austin a Lego collection. A Lego motorcycle man. And we were like, this man and this motorcycle, this is only Austin's, only Austin's ass. And you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, annex it if it's up. not yours yeah. unless, you know, it's his. And, and he was like, I mean, I could tell he was like, thank you. Thank you. Just that's one mine. thing. Just one thing that's mine. And he loved his little Lego policeman that was on the motorcycle. He just like loved it. And I remember being in the shower one day and Austin comes running in and he's like, I can't find my Lego man. I can't find my Lego man. And so I was like, ask Addison where it is. Ask, you know. And yeah, I was like, Addison. Pocket. I'm like naked, you know, like yelling from the shower. And, and he's like, Addison doesn't have that. I can't find it. So I was like, okay, um, go look here. And so he, he runs out to go look. And right when he went to go look. I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell Austin to kneel down and ask me where the Lego man is and I'll tell him where it is. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because that either happens or it doesn't happen. We're not negating the <laughs> existence true. of God right, in our household right. with this child at three years of age. We're not doing that. And so I was like, okay, think of another place. Think of another place. So he comes running back in and he's like, it's not there. And I'm like, okay, shake the ficus tree. Because we had like a ficus tree underneath the loft and things got dropped. Shake the ficus tree. And he goes running. And God was like, hey, hey,
2: yeah,
1: I love your son more than you love your son. It's beautiful. And he's like, you don't trust me. Yeah. And I was like, I, okay, really? And I'm like, drying as fast as I can to try to get out there and find it. <laughs> and so Austin comes in. He's like, yes. and he's like having a meltdown. It's one item that is his, his person, in the whole his house. Person. And I said, Austin, this is what I heard. Ooh. I heard if you go upstairs and kneel down and ask God, he's going to tell you where it is. And he just looked at me. He was like, okay. And just like, I remember seeing those little curls go bouncing out of the room <laughs> oh. and he went climbing upstairs. And the next thing I heard was just screaming. And he wasn't screaming. I found the Lego man. You know, he was screaming, God, talk to me. Mm. God, talk to me. God. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, and I was I was ready to be the hero in yeah. that moment yeah, yeah. instead of making God a hero. And that That's was a crazy turning point mm-hmm. for me where I realized that God wants to speak to my kids. That's really cool. He wants to speak to my kids. He does. He doesn't want to speak through you to your kids. He actually wants to speak to your kids. And it's the most empowering thing you can do is connecting your children with the word of God, with the voice of God. We had an environment of worship nonstop in our house. We had praise yeah. and worship music going yeah. all the time. Most of that was therapy for me. It was just like, <laughs> I need therapy. I just need to sing unto That's the Lord true. a new song. I mean, I'm like going to go crazy. And so like, but we, we arrested the environment in our house. I love that. So at any moment, and maybe the presence of god would would like fill the house and i'd like hit the carpet and my boys would come down and they'd hit the carpet and we'd all be crying or talking about the goodness of god you create an environment you do. You do. of this
2: you do and you can't expect them to worship and pray only 1 hour or 2 hours on a sunday and that's it you know one thing we do is we practice we it's awkward but we're like hey you know what if we if we know we're going to miss the sunday and sometimes we do because i'm preaching friday and saturday oh, sure. and we can't get home uh we'll set up church in our House so, uh, in our house did, we've done or our hotel room, yep. and we go okay, everyone. You know, we're gonna sing and we put a song on on YouTube. Well, you know, click a song we all know, and our kids always pick like the worst. Like we're like really, and they like, they love these songs that they've learned. And we but they we, we worship and we and we pick out a Bible verse and we don't we're not like an hour in these are, we have littles. Yeah, yeah we they, take they one little passage and we say what did this mean to you? And yeah. you know, sometimes they get you know you need you're not being respectful. You need to go out of the room and we discipline and bring them back in. And we're teaching them though <laughs> that, that church just how we do life, it's not how we do, it's not, we just don't it's go somewhere. It's not something you go to. Yeah, and you can't go Worship practice. is a lifestyle. Honor God is a lifestyle. Yeah, so we do that and we have, we, we buy all the greatest things. We try to get them the greatest, most current, you know, there's Bethel Music has some kids stuff or uh, I think um, Hillsong has some incredible uh, we've yeah. played those for all years. for our kids. Um, but they're kid based. Kids singing, worshiping, encountering that we, we just want them to see this is a part of our lives. It's not something we do, it's something we are. Are. and so it's huge it's huge in our yeah, lives it is huge and um, and,
1: and again it's, it doesn't have to be perfect it, it doesn't. just needs to, it needs to be intentional it needs to have, and you know I have a lot of people that were like oh my gosh it must be so amazing being married to John Baviria but you guys do <laughs> devotions every night we don't we don't. No. We don't do devotions. Mm-mm. We tried. Mm-mm. I remember John um like printed I mean, he worked really hard and he like created a family devotion. He had a big white all of us had a big white notebook and we all sat at the table. We we're like, oh my gosh. We didn't know where to look. We we're all like awkwardly going through while John was teaching. We we're like, Alec and I kept not making eye contact because we'll laugh. And we were just like sitting and then we realized this is so inorganic. Yeah. This is so uncomfortable. And so we just said, as a family, we're not gonna do devotions, we're gonna be devoted. That's great. So this conversation can great. happen. At this, this, conversation can happen at lunch. This is going to happen. And I'm going to tell you the best place for this to happen is around the it table. Is. That is why the book Food. of Acts said, <laughs> you know, breaking bread and fellowshipping. You know, that's when you guys that. can talk about things and get your boys involved yep. in conversations that feel natural, not unnatural, not forced, right. not like, oh, we got to do worship. No, oh, right. we're going to do devotions for 10 minutes. and going to be weird. Don't do that. And if you can unpack one scripture... Yeah. Just one. What does this mean? What is this? What did this? What would this have played out like in your day? Yeah. What would that look like? I love it. You know, that. and they'll bring up conversations about what happened at school, um, you know, and, and helping them be sensitive. I, I remember um, one of my sons, you know, we were praying for him to just really be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And um, he said there was this girl that he just kept noticing, and she was really goth and really uh, not very well-liked in her school, you know, in the school, kind of on the, on the outside. And, you know, he he wanted to be cool, but he also felt like a drawing to her. And he said he kept feeling like he should just go over and talk to her, but he was worried that she was going to think he was approaching her, like, boyfriend-girlfriend thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, because she was just so disconnected that any approach seemed weird. And so finally he said it just overwhelmed him, so he actually went over to her and just said, Hey, you know, I just, I just wanted to see how you... How are you doing? Mm. Are you okay? And she burst into tears and said, I was going to kill myself tonight. And I said, God, if you have just one person wow. ask me how I am, I'm not going to take my life. And that became such a signature. For my boys to understand an awareness and compassion for other people, and yeah, not—I mean, huge. what if he had stayed under the fear of right. man and said, oh, right. "I don't want to look uncool"? So we need to train our kids yeah, to, do. to to be led by the Spirit in that, and that you know that girl didn't take her life, and and you know, and I've seen that son grow in his outreach to the unsaved. He has such a compassion and a heart for the unsaved. So there's chances for them. Um, my boys that went to Christian school, yeah. I have to be honest with you, had more challenges than my boys that went to public school. <laughs> Sorry. Because my boys had a harder yeah. time navigating hypocrisy yeah. than they did with understanding black and white. These are bad, well, bad things. And, the and tr- this is, you know, godly things.
2: It is. Well, and the truth is also kids can smell a hypocrisy in a family and in a parent. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes we don't like to admit it, but if we're living hypocritically, uh, it is, they, that's been one of the greatest, like, yeah, of the my duplicity friends is and a big, huge yeah. thing. It's like, I, I didn't know what was real. It felt like we just, we put this on, we forced things, and it just didn't feel organic and natural. Um, so I agree with you. I think that part of that is just, you know, think, things that I sometimes will, wait to tell Ben late, late at night, like, Hey, we'll wait and talk about it later." I realized actually it'd be valuable if my kids heard me talk about this. And we, we actually discussed how God used it or what I'm going to do or asking God to intervene, bringing them into the process of living out a Christ following yeah. life. And we talk we talk about our finances in front of our kids.
1: You're training them. You know, them. like making decisions. Yep. You know, how we want to spend our money, how we navigate our credit cards, how we're yep. going to do We talk about the value, you know, what we save, what we do, how we tithe, how we give offerings, what we value with finances, what we see finances as. Yeah. You know, we, we talk to them about that stuff so that they can be good stewards. And so, again, modeling, it is,
2: modeling. is a hugely important issue. Yeah, I, th- I think also, uh, you know, another aspect, too, is really letting your kids see that you need God. You know, sometimes we have the answer for everything and everything is perfectly put together. But that part of us that says, you know, I don't know what to do right now, but I'm, we're going to ask God and yeah. watch, letting them experience the experience the weaker part of your, um, not that we lack, uh, you know, the Bible says that we can ask for faith, right? Help, Then help my unbelief. Yeah. So really being honest with our kids, like, you know, we're struggling or, you know, mommy had a really hard situation and this is what kind of gets them started. Oftentimes I'll, I'll bring it in like, you know, mommy had a hard situation today and I really felt scared that the person wasn't going to like me if I didn't do it the right. Have you felt ever felt scared that someone's not going to like you? And it starts the conversation yeah, yeah. when I bring up my own situation versus you ever been scared? You know, say no to fear, you know, and it's like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. so I find in my own, my own ability to say, mommy's, mommy's really working through this. They go, Oh, yeah. Well, me too. And that's, it's yeah. really relatable. Yeah. So walking you, on things.
1: You connect with our weaknesses and we lead with our strengths. And yeah, and that needs great. to be something that we model for our kids. That we connect with weaknesses and challenges, and we lead with our strengths. And I love so, that. you know, around the table we can share things. And we we John and I are well, not really. I don't even want to throw John under the bus. I'm an overshare. <laughs> I'm an overshare. My kids probably know way <laughs> too much information. But you know, the end of the day, uh, they've been navigating it, and and, right. um, and you know. Uh, this this is such an important thing. And I really want to talk about identity in the next thing. Yeah. You know, because we, we want to see you raise up men we of do. God.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today. Share with us what your favorite moment from today's episode was. Take a screenshot of the podcast, write out a quote or whatever inspired you and make sure to tag us at truthtotable.com. We would love to share it and hear your feedback on the episode. As always, please share it with a friend. Leave us a five-star review. This helps other people find the show. We're so thankful you're here and we cannot wait to wrap up our Empowering Mothers series next week. So stay tuned. We have a amazing episode coming your way with a special guest, that we love. We'll see you then.